And welcome back hello. to. Ooh. I just said hello. Uh, <laughs> hello. 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 <laughs> We're here. <laughs> We've landed. <laughs> we made it. <laughs> fresh, fresh from a red eye. <laughs> <laughs> My eyes are red. <laughs> Visine. I'm Jenna. And I'm Khadija. Welcome to the Ghouls and Galdem podcast. We've created this space for fans of the horror noir film genre that crave nuanced representation and commentary. From the perspectives of Black women, Black storytellers, and Black horror fans who geek out and freak out <laughs> over anything that gets us gooped and spooked. Welcome back to another episode of the Ghouls and Galdem podcast. Check out our episode description for content and trigger warnings if your head or your heart requires that information. And of course, there's going to be many spoilers ahead. So get ready, dog. Because that's what we do here at the Ghouls and Galdem podcast. Like milk. <laughs> Spoiled like milk. Oh, throw that, throw that away. <laughs> Clean out your fridge. Right? The Ghouls and Galdem podcast is here to remind you to clean out your fridge. Yes, you Dutero. <laughs> no, it's May. If the milk says April, I don't know, dog. <laughs> Dash it, way. <laughs> don't drink it. Okay, yeah, hard transition. <laughs> so this episode, we're reviewing The Transfiguration, a 2016 vampire horror by Michael O'Shea, both the writer and director of this film. Yes, he he's doing double duty on this movie. And we'll we'll start from the beginning and then we'll get to the we'll end. We'll start at the beginning. <laughs> and then and then we'll talk shit later. Yeah, 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 yeah. We got lots of shit to talk. Uh-huh. So the film starts with these, like, really tight close-up shots. We're in a bathroom. Yeah, we're in a bathroom. We hear some sucking. And, uh, yeah, we hear some slur. No, we hear some slurping. slurping Actually, some loud slurping. Ooh! I'm like, loud. is someone getting a blowy? Can we say blowy? What do you mean, can we say blowy? I'm like ans- asking myself this question. It's our show. We could say whatever we want. Yeah. Someone's getting a blowy. Some BBJB or some BBJs or whatever. <laughs> whatever acronym you want for sucking something, like apply it to this situation. And like this older gentleman is just taking a piss and he hears some slurp. And like, honestly, like, it could totally be a, like, who's that dude who does Careless Whisper? George Michaels. It could be a George <laughs> Michaels situation. It totally could Ooh. be. You know, ne- never going to dance again. Like, RIP, though, because, like, <laughs> you know, that's what I'm saying. Wake me up before you go-go. <laughs> just letting you know, no. Um, but, like, I'm just saying, like, the privacy in this situation is, like, you know, you hear something like that. You just leave it alone and you you zip, you shake, you leave you it do, alone. You, you mind alone. your business. Right. If you man? think someone's getting a blowy in the bathroom, let them get their blowy and just go your way. Right? The two sets of feet, you're like, no, I should leave. Yeah, exactly. But 
He investigates and he sees, like I said, these two sets of feet. And he assumes that exactly what's going on is that there's two people hooking up in the bathroom. But that's not the case. No. This young teen boy named Milo is on there sucking on some man's neck. Old just drinking man. up his blood. Yeah, it's an old man. Yeah, so we got to understand, like... Are we using cruising like techniques and like that dynamic yeah. even in itself? Because yeah. we don't know how this boy and how this young man got into the same stall. Like I'm just, exactly. just saying. Some pedophilia. It's it was, bizarre. It's bizarre. Mm, mm. But little Milo, I guess, finishes sucking on this man's neck, draining all his blood, goes to the sink, cleans himself up and leaves the bathroom and it looked to me like they were in a mall because he walks through what looks like the food court Mm -hmm. and then he walks out of the mall and he's presumably on his way home and it's early it's it's morning it's like dawn yeah Yeah. it's super early morning The, the reason i point that out is because one of the notes that i made was like it's daylight if this yeah. kid's a vampire what's Why he doing in out day? in the daylight is he blade now like we don't know well this is the thing this is one of the things that i love about vampire lore is that from one story to another the rules get bent and reinterpreted in so many different ways so you know this being a vampire movie i'm like okay he's a vampire who walks in the sun somehow great great you know those melanated vampires are are likely to be less affected by the sun. That's a rule I just made up. Yeah, make it up because we don't we don't know anything about this child. We're just like, mm, <laughs> you got your your bathroom suck, and now you're heading on home. I think. Do you live in a lair? To go eat Do your you fruit live loops. in a loft? Like we don't know where you live. Well, he goes home to his tiny apartment with his brother, with his brother. Yeah, he goes home to his tiny apartment with his brother, Lewis, Mm -hmm. and he scarfs down a bowl of Fruit Loops while he's watching some like graphic video of a body being dismembered. No, it's spiders versus wasps. So it's like, yeah. Oh, he what watches so many messed the, up videos in like the animal kingdom. Like what happens? Predator and prey. And, da, 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 da. <laughs> and like he also brings out this calendar that we have no idea what it means. Yep. It's just yep. big old like what to do thing. And he's like crossing out circles. Like so what happens is like I guess there's circles on certain dates and we don't know what the circles means. And he just crosses them out. And we're like, it maybe looks like they're a month apart feeding because the first date that he circles is June 15th and he crosses it out. Oh, he sucked before my birthday. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And then the next time we see the calendar, I believe it's a month later. Yeah, because when he started like moving them, it said like it started from January. And then I think we're in May, May or March, I think. So like the first one is June 15th. Oh, yeah. 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 So it's yeah. like we don't know how long he's been doing it. No, exactly. But we know that he's been tracking these feedings, mm-hmm. presumably. The, the times. And like after he or what he's eating, he he throws up the Fruit Loops. So he eats the Fruit Loops. He watches this messed up video. He lies down and then he throws up. Yep. And it doesn't take a genius to tell you that blood and milk don't mix. Okay? No, so don't think it's in the diet. <laughs> I don't. I, I could just imagine how that's curdling in his stomach. <laughs> oh God! And he's like, it's I no can't wonder eat he throws loops. up. Vampires can't eat Fruit Loops. No, <laughs> it just defies logic. Anyway, 
He finishes throwing up. He's got a little chunk of bloody Fruit Loop on his lip. <laughs> a little dribble. And like he goes to his like stack of movies. Yeah. So when he was first finished sucking that man's neck, he took whatever money was in his wallet. Mm. And so back at home, he stashes the money I guess in the same spot that he stashes all the dead people them money. And it's behind this stack of films. Jenna, what films does he have? Like, they're all vampire films, which is like, it's really cute because you're like, okay, we're getting to the motif, you know. Pay homage to your people. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Also, I will point out that I know this, we're not getting too far, but I'm just saying something I realize now is that we always see him watching movies on his laptop and never on a TV, but yet he has all these VHSs. But I digress. That's a really good point. Because I'm like, I never see you put it in an actual VHS, but whatever, I digress. It's just, it's a sign of the times, whatever. But he has Dracula Untold, which I've never watched. Near Dark, which I've watched. Lost Boys, Fright Night, personal favorite. Yeah. Blade Trinity, also personal favorite, you know. Yeah. <laughs> Hannibal King. <laughs> and then he gets into some anime with Vampire Hunter D, which like to be honest is pretty fucked up. Not even just like the fact that Milo is into the vampire occultness slash are you a vampire? Are you not a vampire? I'm like, oh, so you like the bloody gooey anime. Okay. Like that. And then another one called I think it's Nadia or Nazda and the addiction, which like I think now I have to go watch these films because I've never heard of them whatsoever. Some of them. And I'm like, okay, cool. So teach me something. Thank you, Milo, for the recommendations. Yeah, you know, I'm a VHS queen. You're a (laughs) poser. I don't know. (laughs) So we assume Milo goes to bed at some point. We don't see whatever. He wakes up, alarm, it's time for school. Then we see him in school. Okay, pause. This is one of the things that like blew my mind was that everything that just happened happened before school. Yeah. Homie's what, like 14 years old? Yeah. And he's out doing God knows what in the middle of the night, creeping into malls first thing in the morning, sucking on people's necks, robbing them, and then eating his breakfast and watching all this before school. A whole animal documentary before hitting hmm, school. These kids today are built awake. different. <laughs> because like, then you have to think about it. Like during the night, was he like hunting? Like mm-hmm. when did he go out to do this? Did he start at like 11 or 12? And then like just waited until he got one. And mm-hmm, then eventually mm-hmm, like mm-hmm. go to school. Like school starts at eight, my guy. So mm-hmm. like, I mean, 730 depending on where nap. you are. I think they're in New York. They are in New York. Yeah, I think that's I think that's our place because that subway and those seats, you can't deny that that's New York. (laughs) No, 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 no. That New York Metro is iconic. (laughs) He goes to school and we see him sitting down with a guidance counselor or I mean, the first time I watched the movie, I thought it was a guidance counselor. Second time I watched the movie, I thought it was a therapist. Still not entirely sure. It could be either or or maybe even a combined of both, you know, because sometimes they use counselors as therapists. They're like, it's cheaper. True. (laughs) Oh, those school budgets getting slimmer and slimmer and slimmer. Get the chop. The counselor therapist person is asking him questions like whether he's excited for summer and 
also asks him if he's still hurting animals. Um, yeah. What's that like, about? Like, this is a very easy way that I noticed that, like, the writer slash director, like, and he, I feel like he does this a lot in the film, is that, like, he kind of just goes, like, cool, super fix, and then just there, because you're just like, okay, so are you thinking about, oh, there's the summer thing, and then he's like, well, I don't know, like, whatever, and it's like, I don't have any friends, so, like, you're like, okay, cool, loner, doesn't have any friends, check. Then you're like, oh, do you still hurt animals? And you're like, okay, so you used to, and you told this person that, and then he's like, no, like, I, I don't. Or, like, maybe it's because he used to hurt the animals that he's meant to be seeing this guidance counselor therapist yeah. person. Because I can imagine that if he had whatever... Somebody had to tell them. Yeah. I don't know. Or, like, maybe it's something that he used to do when he's younger. Because, like, again, like, this is, like, a 13, 14, 15-year-old child. He's 14. He's 14. He's 14 specifically? Okay. So he's 14. I'm like, so when did we clock he started hurting kids? Is it in his file that maybe when he was younger and, like, it maybe it kept going and it kind of went untreated? Because, like, obviously, like, it's the public school system. Kids slip through the cracks all the time. Ooh. And then finally they're getting to it. And they're like, okay, so, like, do you want to kill anybody anymore? And you're like, I, whoa, like, where did we come from here? Milo, how are those psychopathic tendencies doing? Are they okay? <laughs> like, are you going to tell are me the you truth? Okay? <laughs> right? The bare minimum. Oh, with half of the results. I mean, I will say that, like, the silver lining is that, you know, when you talk about the fact that there's so much lack of, like, financial support going into the educational system, the fact that this kid is sitting there with a guidance counselor and it's having something. this conversation that's a good thing. Yeah. Ultimately. We yeah. we are going places. But it's also funny. It's like, I don't hurt animals anymore. But I kill human beings on the side. Well, yeah, exactly. <laughs> Which we'll see more of shortly. So school's out. Milo's on his way home. And he gets, oh, he gets attacked by these bullies. Yeah. What do they call him? What do they call him? Freak? They call, they call him a freak. Freak weirdo. Like, very, very, freak like... weirdo. Soft. Like, soft yeah. insults. But I will say, like, I have never seen this in a movie before. Like, ever with bullying in any kind of way. But they piss. Dog. This, they chase him down. They corner him in an alley. The, like, leader of the bully gang gets his homies to, like hold him down and then he pees on him which is oh that that is diabolical i was like oh and so like he runs he gets away he runs home and then he has to wash up because like you piss okay but why aren't you stepping in the shower he just takes his clothes off and he wipes himself off if you don't step your nasty little <laughs> narrow behind inside that shower and bathe your damn skin what are you doing no, I think it's, you know, he's just used to doing the quick one-two wipe after ew. drinking blood that he's just like, oh, ew. piss isn't any different. And I'm like, ew, 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 no, 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 no. We don't like that. We don't <sighs> like that. Some people like golden showers, but like that's consensual. This is, okay, this is not consensual shower. Did you clock those shower. scars on his back? No. Yeah. 
Yeah. When he takes his shirt off, he's got on his lower left back, there's a bunch of like burn marks there. And I don't think it's ever acknowledged at any point in the film. So it's either no, it isn't. a tiny detail that they don't explain or this actor actually has these scars on their back, which oh, either that's way, totally possible. if that is the reality, all the power to them, to the filmmakers for, you know, casting people with quote unquote imperfect bodies and not making any justifications or excuses for it. Mm-hmm. However, if it is a character detail, what is that about? <laughs> right. Because like at this point, we can rule out abuse to a certain degree because like. This is fast forwarding, but it's not giving anything away, even though we're going to give you spoilers, but like not necessarily right, like right yet. But like there is no explanation of like abuse that is given to him. The other thing is like it could be like at one point in one of his attacks that he was also attacked by the other person, because I don't know if Milo just so happens to like get away scot free every time. Mm-hmm. Cause that's another thing that doesn't really get talked about because I'm like, yo, mm-hmm. how I get you are small and I guess you are unassuming, but like you still are a black child in New York walking around. And I just feel like if you are maybe attacking people that are bigger than you, how does that work? But that's a whole thought process. Maybe it didn't get thought out. Maybe that's just the person's body. We have no idea, but he no got clue. pissed on. But he got pissed <laughs> on and he didn't bathe his skin. So we don't stand for this. <laughs> no, we we don't stand for no, no piss bully, no, no bully piss. So we meet Milo's brother, Lewis, who is played by Aaron Moten. A very who handsome Who some folks man. might know from disjointed next and father stew Mm, i really liked watching him in this movie i did too i think he's a great actor like there are some moments that he has later on in the movie where i'm like oh wow work aaron work give us these dramatic monologues yeah and i think that is one thing that i will say about the movie already right now that i do like is like i did like the casting Mm-hmm. I liked everybody who did what they did. I think mm-hmm. they all did very great jobs with like what they were given and it worked even if sometimes we didn't get any answers. Milo is played by Eric Ruffin and Chloe Levine plays Sophie who we'll meet shortly and both of them are really great young actors. Yeah. Yeah, I I was really pleased with what both of those actors were doing. Especially Milo, Eric Ruffin, you know, as the lead of the film Mm -hmm. from beginning to end. Like, that was a pretty great performance. (laughs) I'd feel like in his silences, like, even though, like, Mm. he didn't really do when I mean he didn't do much. I don't mean like he didn't do anything. I mean, like, even as Milo as a character, there are things that even though he's like, you know, his very straight self, it's like. There were times where I was annoyed. There was times where I was sad. There was times where I was like, uh, but like, you know, he's giving you the same like Milo. Yes. Okay, Lewis. Yeah. This is what's happening. And you're like, okay, like 
but you're still pissing me off. <laughs> it was a very measured performance. Okay, yeah. yeah. So speaking of pissing him off, Milo and Lewis get into a bit of a little domestic dispute, uh-huh. a back and forth about who's meant to buy the milk, who's meant to pay the internet bill. So it's clear that these two boys, these brothers, are home alone. There yeah. are no parents around. And they are carrying the domestic responsibilities themselves. Yeah. Lewis looks like he's sleeping on the couch, which is, you know, we'll learn more about that shortly. But he's a couch man. He's a loafed king. Loafed king. He loves the couch. That is where he sleeps. And there's like, there's this moment like after the milk and the internet debacle of like, well, we need milk. Well, we need internet. Da 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 da. You like Milo just kind of like sinks in because there's this door that we don't know mystery door number one because it's it's been told to us because like Milo's staring right at it and ends up kind of like in this trance and it's a mystery and we have no idea what's going on and then like the brother's like what the fuck's wrong with you like <laughs> that happens like so many times to like snap him out of it to be like what like what the what fuck are you, are you looking at what are you doing <laughs> And so, like, it cuts, and then again, we're watching Milo watch videos of like lions eating carcasses, you know, the animal kingdom, naturalistic stuff. And then his brother heads out. Yeah. Lewis says he's going to disappear for a few hours. And Milo takes this as an opportunity to head up to the rooftop. And he's uh, studying. Yeah, he's studying, which is really cool. Because, like, Camilla... Carmilla! Yeah, right? I was like, yeah. look at you. So in this notebook, so he's sitting on the rooftop and he's got this notebook open and you can see that he's been writing lots of notes. You assume that he's studying for something, but it's, it's notes about vampire lore and vampire, you know being and specifically he's the you see that he's written down carmilla for those who don't know it's this like beautiful novella i think yeah there were some toronto artists who turned it into a web series that get that then got turned into a film if you haven't seen it go oh, watch it lots of great people are into in a it movie Good oh for them. yeah because that was a wild show firsthand oh, in yeah. one room yeah. Yeah, yeah 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 good on them so This is the point in the movie where I started thinking to myself, like, hmm, this sort of reminds me of Let the Right One In, which is interesting because that's one of my all time favorite vampire movies. I actually think it's one of my favorite movies of all time. Not the American remake with Chloe Grace Moritz. Oh, yeah. uh, The original. The Swedish um, one? Or some type of Scandinavian peoples? Yeah, somewhere in that region. The original film is top notch. Uh, I, you know, I'm not often a fan of remakes, except for if we're talking about the Jolene cover by the White Stripes, because oh that is a remake God, that I will up. forever and always <laughs> appreciate. But I digress. <laughs> but let the right one in original film, absolutely top notch. So we'll leave it at that for a second. Then we see like the gang. The local hoods of the area, if you will, start like harassing Milo, like outside of the apartment complex. And you kind of get this sense that like either this happens all the time. Seems like everybody just hates on Milo because he doesn't They talk. know who he is. Yeah. They know who they he know is. He brother. knows who they are. 
Yeah, there's some familiarity there, but he ain't trying to fuck with them. He's like got his head down, hands sends them an awkward wave, and he just heads straight back to his apartment. And as he walks into the building, he sees a young girl around his age waiting for the elevator with she looks quite disheveled. She's got some bags and she looks a little shook up. Yeah. And she just, oh no, where am I? Like the way that I took sometimes that he was looking at Sophie is like he was testing her out like he was going to eat her. Oh, for sure. You the second he sees her for the first time, you for sure think that he's going to pounce on her or something because he's looking quite menacing. But he just like creepily tells her that the elevator is out of service Mm -hmm. and he heads for the staircase And okay, this is one of my favorite little details about this character. He's so awkward. He tells her that the elevator's out of service. He shows her where the staircase is and like doesn't hold the door open for her or nothing. Just like walks into the staircase and starts running up. She goes in behind him and kind of like yells up for him to help Help her with her her bags. I'm like... (laughs) Why it's like, so you brought yourself with these bags? You could also take them up the stairs. I'm sorry. Like, I don't know. Fair enough. Like, that's Fair just enough. me. I'm like, why'd you bring so many bags? I get it. You're moving somewhere. But like, damn. Are you going to ask random strangers to help you with shit? Especially like, I don't know. It just seems like weird to be like, hey, we're in the ghetto. So what we're going to do is that. We're just going to talk to random strangers and have them hold our bags for us. <laughs> That's a setup to wet up. That's a setup to wet up situation right there. I don't know. Like, maybe she's not from a similar place. I don't know, but it doesn't seem like that. It seems like maybe she is from a similar place, just like somewhere else. But we don't know Sophie's story yet, so we'll wait. We'll wait. We'll wait. So he helps her with her bags up to the ninth floor and I think we just cut to them the next time that the two of them interact. Oh, yeah. Because, like, she leaves, goes into her apartment. There's a little bit of a linger. Because uh, they even kind of make him, like, again, the menacing things. Because, like, he comes back. Because, like, you don't hear him when he's running. And then you hear him. And then when he's up the stairs. Actually, a point I thought that was kind of funny is when he was up on top of the stairs. It's nine floors. He's not out of breath at all. No, which is one of the things that made me think like, okay, yeah, this kid's a vampire. He's got super vampire speed. He's just zipping up and down those stairs. (laughs) He's got super vampire lungs. He can breathe at the fastest speed of light. I don't know. What do vampires do? We can make it up. We cut to like this grassy kind of like, it's not a meadow. It's just a grassland. Like you have like dead grass, green grass, all these different types of grass. Yeah, it's like a bit of a field. There's a random couch there. And there's like a highway. There's definitely like highway slash roads beside them because like so it's this is a weird situation because I don't really understand it because it doesn't get explained and it doesn't have to be explained. We can just understand that like Sophie is troubled in some kind of way because at first what I thought was happening, I thought she was being raped at first. Then it turned out that like all these like I don't know if they're like older high school people or like 20 year old men or even older but they have enough to drive because they have a car that's there and it's white and they got alcohol like they're drink- they have alcohol so you have to be at least 21 or maybe 19 like you know because they could have gotten it from somewhere but like at first i thought it was rape and then 
they start taking turns and she's not struggling. And then I don't know if she's getting booze from them. She has booze later. And it's just, I don't know. It's a very troubling circumstance. You know, I would classify it as rape nonetheless, because A, she's underage. B, even if she isn't struggling, there's nothing about her you know, body language in that situation that says that she is A, enjoying that experience or B, really wants to be there. So it's overall quite disturbing. Yeah, it's hazy because like she has the bottle of liquor after and I'm like, did she get that from them? From those boys? And that was the payment? Is that like she had to get a train run on her? And then I'm just like, yeah, I don't care, but this is ew because like she's... She has to be 14 or 15. She's 14 years old. She's 14. She's also 14. (laughs) I'm like, stop. It's quite disturbing. It's a lot. But now we know that Sophie has her things and Milo's behind her and she doesn't see him. And she, he kind of gets a little scared or freaked out by him, but not too much. And then it turns out, oh yeah, she's cutting herself. She's cutting herself. She's got a razor. Yeah. She's slicing up her arm. Immediately following that interaction with the boys, which is, again, another thing that let me know that that indicated to me that, like, this is not this is not a good situation. This is not her her jam. No. Or maybe it's a situation that it's like because whatever her home life is like and like because we see like troubled individual that like it could be like she at this point at this age has realized that you have to do things to get things and even if those things are things that you don't want but they get the things that you get that like this is how you can numb the pain of your life and you're like okay yeah so she said he asks her at one point does that hurt and there's like a misunderstanding about whether whether he was asking about sex and what he was actually referring to was the cutting Mm-hmm. And something that she says that really resonated with me is that she refers to it as a release. And she says, it's not like I'm making my arm any uglier. And she points to her psoriasis, which as someone who has psoriasis, I'm like, damn, oh God, girl, yeah. the struggle is real. And he asks, she says, don't worry, um, it's not catching or anything. And then he asks, can I get it from your blood? Which is like, mm, why are you asking that? <laughs> it's why like asking so for the menu and being like, can I, can I catch the, the catch the thing from eating it? Is You're it like, farm oh. to table? Yeah. <laughs> is it organic? Psoriasis free, free range psoriasis arm. <laughs> free range psoriasis. Yeah. And there's this awkward beat where... He, he touches. I think right? like he, he, like, he touches it. her arm and he tries to like lick it. And she's like, buddy, what are you doing? What are you doing? <laughs> <laughs> like, don't lick me. Like, we what just is met. wrong with you? Like, you help me with my bags. You can't fucking start licking my blood. <laughs> That's weird. <laughs> right. But it does make it known that like he does think about diseases and blood. Mm-hmm. But I also think, like, you technically don't know who you're hunting has any diseases. So, like, mm-hmm. in reality, you're kind of going in pretty, like, you're being a little negligent also, just noticing mm-hmm. with your blood intake. Because I don't know, what happens if somebody, what happens if somebody had, like, 
a catchable disease by blood in any which way that that is. And like, then Milo has it. But like, is he a vampire or is he a human? I don't know. Hepatitis, dog. You know what I mean? A through Z. Oh my gosh. Anything is possible, dear Milo. Anyway, so they are back at the apartment building and he invites her over to his place, right? Mm Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. (laughs) They talk about Twilight. (laughs) Oh my gosh, this is so funny. It's so funny. They start talking about vampires. Yeah, she loves Twilight. (laughs) (laughs) She loves it. She's like, have you ever seen Twilight? You should watch it. (laughs) And then instead, they end up watching like this slaughtering video. Yeah, slaughterhouse videos and like... Yeah, super like weird. If you were like a vegan being like, this is how like the thing is made. And you're just like, yeah, no, that's some scary shit. Like, yep. Yeah. There's some throat Ooh. cutting. There's some skin ripping. Oh. There's all the things. And he's just into it, right? Like, he's no, so it's into, like it. He's into it. It's like when you're you're watching like something very interesting, you know, and you're leaning in with your fist on your chin and you're like, okay, okay. So that's you're on the edge works. of your seat. Okay. You want to know what happens next. Okay. And she's just kind of like, what the fuck? But also like, yeah. oh. and she's like, yeah, I got to go. Yeah. Yeah. She's just like, um, this is weird. I have somewhere to be. I forgot I have to water my dog. Okay. Yeah. Bye. And she tries to leave and little homie blocks the door. And it's like, Milo, what are you doing? That's are you gonna, so weird. You, you just going to sink your teeth into her right here, right now? Like what happens if Lewis comes home? Right. I'm like, where are you going to blow it up now? But you realize it's only like probably like a half hour into the movie. So you're like, mm, we still got more to do. Yeah. <laughs> so she leaves. Yeah, she leaves. And then like we cut to the next day or what we assume might be the next day. And I don't know what this place is. They do refer it later. And he starts like he cashes checks there. Is this a welfare line? Is this like, what is this? What is this place? Do you understand yeah, what it see, is? I'm not entirely sure. We see him there again, like closer to the end of the film. Cashing a check I don't know exactly stuff. what it is. Like it's, it looks like it's a check cashing place, but it also looks like he's able to pay bills there. Yeah. Like I don't fully understand it. It's an American thing. I'm yeah. sure. Any Americans, let us know if you like watch this movie and you see what this is. Can you please tell us what this is? Because we would like to know. Help some poor ignorant Canadians out. Please, please. We we need this because I would like to know. And then like Milo's about to do laundry. But he sees Sophie in the laundry room and he's like, he just turns back around and just leaves. He's like, bye, I'm not going to do this. I wanted to point out that this is the second movie in a row where we got some little black boys doing laundry. Yes. (laughs) In the basement. Yo. In the ghetto. (laughs) Everybody's doing their laundry, okay? Everybody's washing your drawers. Yeah. In our movies, okay? (laughs) And then he comes back up to the apartment and then like we get door stare... We got the door, door again, num- this mysterious door. And then we get another. What the fuck are you doing? <laughs> okay, so he's standing there. We see him standing, staring at the door. And we get a flashback to him standing and staring at the door at another point in time. Mm-hmm. We can tell that he's like, he's just come home from somewhere. He's got his jacket on this in this flashback. And he's staring into the room in question. But we don't know what's in. We don't know. We don't know what he's looking at. We see him sitting in this memory and then we hear Lewis snap him out of it. What the fuck are you doing? What the fuck are you looking at? They're like, 
Bless Lewis. Like, who would love to be that actor to be like to show up on set and be like, okay, what the fuck you doing? What the fuck you doing? What the fuck you doing? <laughs> Little monologue, big monologue, monologue, end of movie. Like, see you what later. I'm like, yo, the collect the check. Doing? Collect the check, Lewis. Collect the You're check. You're done good. You're done good. He understood the assignment. <laughs> <laughs> he got it. And we're in his room. Milo's in his room. And like, he's like kind of just like staring off into space, but also like a, a movie's playing. Cause like this man, like his playlist is just like watching the vampire movies. Like he doesn't have to be looking at it. He just like, he just likes to hear it. It's he just like the soundtrack of his life. That is just. Yeah. Yeah. That's the soundtrack of his life. And like he, he he just screams, and he seems like he's restless, right? Like I don't know, I feel I I felt this like wanting to go out, being like, "Fuck, there's nothing to do. I want to go out." And so you just go out, and we see that he goes. What I think is Central Park, because like I it think is Central going, Park because there's that iconic bridge. Yeah, that everybody dies under. <laughs> everybody dies under that bridge in every movie. Like I can't think of an example right now, but there are a ton of. I feel like there's like a Jodie Foster movie where she oh, like that's a gets good attacked under that bridge. And I think she's raped under the bridge. Oh, God. And I think her man gets murdered. And that's the whole thing. She's avenging yeah. like her man's death. And she's like, nah, 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 I'm Jodie Foster. And then she's like, <sighs> cool, this is my last movie. I'm going to be a director now. And you're like, OK, get it. Jody. That's fine. So Milo we see him in the park bathroom and it looks like he's cruising. There's a man who comes in and uses the urinal next to him and he's just like eyeing the man up. Oh, it's intense. Like he's It is very intense. Staring. It's a really suspenseful moment. And for a while, you think that he's about to pounce on this man, but it cuts to him back outside, sitting just uh, under the bridge or just beyond the entrance to the bridge. And you see that he didn't attack the man. But then what I like is that we cut to nighttime and he's asleep under the bridge like a troll. <laughs> like, I will say the tactics are pretty good because if you're 14 and you're out here being like, yo, so I'm going to cruise because this is what a way to get people. And also like people also like young boys, like you're just like, OK, cool. And then you're like, oh, you're sleeping. And I'm like, no, that motherfucker ain't sleeping. He's just laying there waiting for somebody to talk waiting to him. Waiting for someone him. to come check like, on him. Yeah. And it works. And like, it works this old because someone dude, comes up. It like, gets in his face, though. Like, he gets really close. And, like, I don't even know what his intentions are now. Because, like, his, like, the way that he comes, like, he comes around, like, trying to get Milo to wake up is weird. But, like, too bad. You should have mind your business. And you, he gets eaten again. He gets eat. He gets eight. He was eight ten. This man gets nyammed up. Nyam yum. Num nums. Num nums. And he comes back home and like, you know, like clockwork, calendar, feeding time, cross out. Let's go. We have it. And like we cut this scene. This is funny. This movie is full with a lot of cut scenes and a lot of long scenes. Like it's like mm -hmm. you get one or the other. It's like elongated or it's just like. And so. We cut to Sophie in front of the convenience store. Like a bodega store. or something. Yeah, looking all sketchy. And like, that's why I like the thing about like the thing with the field is I'm like, I wonder if she like wants to get booze and like tries to get people like in whatever way she can to get booze because, but then she sees Milo and she starts running after Milo and be like, can I walk with you? Can I walk with you? And he's like, 
yeah sure (laughs) that's fine and like she's like you don't really talk a lot or something like that and he's like yeah no people don't really talk to me i don't have anyone to to talk to (laughs) yeah (laughs) like this boy's clearly a loner you haven't picked up on that sophie (laughs) like are you brand new like what are you what are you doing and they start talking about suicide in particular and he says personally that he doesn't think that he can kill himself because like those are just like oh no no not him i think he was talking about like vampires specifically what was the thing with that it's not necessarily about vampires at first he says like i can't kill myself and she's like oh because of your religion (laughs) and he's like yeah sure whatever (laughs) (laughs) that's when we find out that his mom Oh, yes. His mom killed herself. Yes. And then it's like, oh, okay, Boom, boom, boom. And then they get to the apartment complex. And then like he invites her for a movie at noon, which again, this whole vampire thing. And it seems like we're doing a lot of things during the day. (laughs) During the day. Yeah. They make a plan to go watch a movie the next day. And yeah, it did strike me also when she was like, yeah, what time? And he's like, noon tomorrow. I'm like, Nigga, this bright ass. Hey, what? I'm not even Sunlight up by time. The fact that it's 11.14 a.m., I am shook that I am awake. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. this is, I don't think we've ever recorded an episode this early. I got my coffee next to me. I got my orange juice. I got my water. I got my half like, breakfast burrito. It's early. <laughs> <laughs> they go on their movie date. They watch Nosferatu, interestingly enough. And they leave the film... And they start talking about vampires in general. And this is the moment where I'm like, I feel so vindicated because he asks her what she thinks of the movie. She's like, yeah, I was cool. Whatever. You should really watch Twilight. (laughs) She's like, you should really. She's like, you should really watch Twilight. He's like, I don't know. I don't really have any interest in that. And then he references let the right one in. And I'm like. My mind is blown in this moment and I feel very seen uh, (laughs) because it's an epic movie. And it makes sense that if he's obsessed with vampires that and he's 14 years old in 2016, that that is a movie that he would be into. I'm curious whether he was referencing like the original or the remake. Not sure. Ooh. I feel like he would have watched both. I don't know why. Because, like, yeah. I feel like he would He's just watch all of it. He likes the vampire films. But the other thing to take into consideration that it is a movie about a young kid and being a vampire. Because I'm not saying mm-hmm. that, like, there hasn't been many, many, many. But, like, mm-hmm. I don't know. The only movie that I really think about when I think little kids is I'm like, okay, Interview with the Vampire. That was like one child. And then like little vampires. Like you, I don't know if you watched that Disney movie with like that little boy from Jerry Maguire. I'm not. Yeah, it's so <laughs> cute. They're in England, I think. It's very cute. But those are the only ones that I've seen like little kids being like, we are vampires. We are vampires. We are vampires. We're going to suck your blood. So in this talk that they're having about vampire movies and what they like, what they don't like, we learn that both Milo and Sophie are orphans. And she lives with their grandpa? Yeah, he talks about his dad getting sick and dying and then his mom killing herself. And we learn that Sophie is in town living with her grandfather, who's a bit of a violent motherfucker, as she calls him. Yeah, the cigarette butts on her Yeah, he tried to like out a cigarette on her. We've learned very fast that like, everybody's troubled. She's got it rough. She's got it pretty rough. 
Yeah. Also, they always make, I will say that like whoever did hair and makeup is out here being like, she's just all the hair is in front of her face and like the eyeliner oh, yeah. is so dark and like she looks uh. a little dirty. Like maybe did she wash? I don't know. Uh, she's definitely a little dirty because she's been wearing the same damn clothes. Okay. <laughs> she does. She even makes, when she like makes a joke about it later, I was like, okay. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, it made me laugh so hard. But they're on the subway and like you see the drinking commence. Like, oh, yeah, because even when they're on like the little couch in the the meadow or whatever, like it is the first time you see Milo ingest alcohol. Then again, on the subway, they start ingesting alcohol and then like they start holding hands. Mm -hmm. And like, I don't the thing about this that like the way it's represented, I'm like, is this friendship? Is this of relationship but also is he just going through the motions of what other human beings do because like he is so shut off that he's just like okay whatever let the human do what they do and i'll eat this bitch later you know what i mean Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and like his whole thing about like he's very much like a vampire purist like i feel like his whole discussions of vampires is like okay 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 that's real okay so from the train they go to the pier And they're sitting there chatting about the intricacies of being a vampire from his philosophy point. So they're talking again about Twilight. He's like, I don't think that Twilight's very realistic. Vampires don't glisten and all that shit. And she brings up another one of my favorite vampire. True blood. They're talking about the idea of vampires killing themselves. And she references Goderick's storyline in True Blood, which if you haven't seen True Blood, I don't necessarily want to spoil this for you, but you should go watch it. It's been like 10 years. It's been a while. I watched it when it was originally on air. I recently binged it. And I'm so thankful that I did because I I love that show. I love I love that show. Suck it. <laughs> it's got there are parts of it that don't hold up. Suck it. Uh, Suck it. <laughs> as with all things that were made in the early nineties. But <laughs> Eric Northman. <laughs> <laughs> it's impossible to not want to make quotes from that mo- from that show. In, oh, it's so good. In Bill Compton's voice. <laughs> like he oh made the show gosh. Ah, but and, yes <laughs> and then yeah after the true blood thing and like talking about like sacrificing themselves on top of the roof which aka there is a roof so i'm like oh is this foreshadowing mm. but talking about the killing themselves and he's just like milo's like i don't think that vampires can kill themselves kind of like almost like in a a nature aspect like it's like against their nature which like i guess like it's almost like he's using the same thing about when like human beings take their own lives. It's like, you know, it's going against what is regular or normal because it's like, you know, you he, your your natural instinct is fight or flight. So like if you if you take it upon yourself to like end it all, like it's like, oh, something something has changed. And so I just find that interesting like similarity that he has kind of put like humans and vampires but he's not even talking about humans he's just like nah vampires can't do it because it's against their animalistic ways and i'm like "Uh, okay well you tell you tell me milo tell me tell me everything about it so after this sort of philosophical debate about vampires nature we learned that 
Milo hasn't visited his parents' graves because his brother, Louis, is a little weird and controlling about the matter. And so Milo and Sophie make a deal to visit their parents' graves together. Yeah, because he did all the funeral arrangements. Yeah. And he's like, I think it's best if you don't know. And you're like, okay. What does that mean? Okay, sure. So Milo and Sophie are heading back to the apartment and they start getting chirped by those gang members. The ones that we, for the youths, the youths, the the hoodmans we saw (laughs) earlier. (laughs) And it's awkward and weird. Uh, They Jungle Fever gets thrown out. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. Because they see Milo and Sophie together and they start chirping them about him being with a white girl, her being with a black boy. And then her grandfather's out. Yeah. They're like. Where do you live? It's like ninth floor. It's like, oh, it's like your grandpa, like that fucking mean motherfucker that lives up there. So again, mm-hmm. the man's reputation precedes him. Yes, he's a mean fuck. Mm-hmm. And then we have one of those little short see, clips that you you mentioned. You're right. It is either these like really long scenes or these really short moments. We get this really quick moment where, you know, I think it's presumably the next day. And Sophie shows up at uh, Milo's door and she's like, I found her. And she found his mom's grave. I don't know how mm-hmm. she did it, but you know what? I, don't I put know nothing past. I listen. I put nothing past Nancy millennials Drew. and Gen Zs as far as the internet goes. All you gotta do is ask. Yeah, all you gotta do is ask. <laughs> so she finds out where his mom is buried, and they go visit. They have this conversation about like flowers. Do you lay it? And he's like, basically, like he's very impartial to all of it. He's just like, no, like I don't think that's important. Da da da. da. And like. I really feel like this is almost like Sophie trying to like talk about her trauma and like she's really, really trying. And I think that might be one of her faults is that like she looks for solace in people that are not going to give it to her. And I think that Mm -hmm. is like a a character flaw of hers because Mm -hmm. like, you know, she's getting closer to this person, holding their hands, like kissing them or like trying to give them affection and things like that. And it's just like this man's giving you nothing. Like, like all the red flags are there. You should leave. But again, like she's 14 and like whatever. But like you hear her talking that like she misses her parents. Mm-hmm. Like she doesn't like her situation. Like she is a lonely child. And like, I don't think he can really give that to her. But I don't I don't know where she's where she's going with it. Mm. Just out there, just not talking, going home. He's reading a book on the subway. It's just like mm-hmm. completely disassociated. Mm-hmm. I'm like, girl, just go. <laughs> yeah. Oh, gosh, that's so awkward because you can see that he's having such a hard time being open to her and she just wants to like dive in his skin. <laughs> yeah. Like she wants him to like care about her and to mm-hmm. listen to her. And I'm like, girl, mm-hmm. you ain't going to get it. But and this is the thing, the sad part about that is she comes over the next day and like Milo's in his bed and like chilling and the and Lewis comes to the door and is like, yo, the white girl's here. And he's like, tell her that I'm not home. And I'm like, that's where it starts. Yeah, that's where it starts. So the next day we see Milo walking through his apartment complex and a car pulls up next to him and there's two random fucking idiots in it. And this dude is like. Yo, brother, where can we get some drugs? Hey, brother, <laughs> brother, like all these little types of things, hey, like little man, homie, homie little like man. all these. What's Whoa. good, my G? Do you know where uh, I could get some C? Or, some C? I was like, what? Like or C? Molly? Like who? 
cocaine. We're in from out of town. We're, he wants we're, we're cocaine. Town. <laughs> yeah, just cocaine. Like, just ask for cocaine or coke. Like, that's the shortest answer. You can't go to C. Because, like, what? You want vitamin C? Like, what? That could be something completely different. <laughs> like, I don't know. They're like, oh, C and K. Is it ketamine? I don't know. Okay, so they're looking for drugs. They're coming in hot from out of town. They see a black person and they're like, that's the link. So Milo's like, all right, y'all want drugs? I'm going to take you to get some drugs. So homegirl stays in the car. Dude named Mike follows Milo down into the basement of one of the apartment buildings. Right? I'm like, no, we're not going to a basement. Like, that's your first fuck up. Like, what is wrong with you? You deserve what you get. It's a boiler room. You deserve what you get. I'm sorry. If you're in a random town. New York City. No, no. We're in New York City. You're in New York City. And someone in the ghetto, in the hood, takes you into a random basement. Dog, it's a setup to wet up ting. Like, you're done. No, see you later. You should have just went to the festival and got your drugs there. Yo, for real. Where were you going? They do that there. Governor's they do Ball? That there. Huh? <laughs> Afro Punk Fest? Huh? <laughs> <laughs> oh. But what happens to Buddy Mike is like Milo. And this is the thing is like, this is where you start realizing like, I started clocking it and I found it very interesting that a lot of Milo's victims are white men. Mm. which I was like, okay, but this one was different because I thought at first he was going to eat him, but then he he doesn't. He sent that dude down there to get set up because then the Ute come and they're like, what are you doing? Da, 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 da. And then he was like, I was led by this. Like, are you the guys that I got to talk to? And they're like, what? Like, what, you go to the hood and you just like come and get drugs and da, 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 da. And then they well, beat what? the you shit out of You think just because we're black that we got drugs for you, huh, son? Right. Well, uh, sorry, the the kid said that this is where I came for. Dr- uh, 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 what? What? Then what? He gets hurt. Brother Mike gets smirked, and then it even it takes it further because then one of the younger ones, like I think it's maybe somebody's brother, or maybe it's just like a little Ute in there, and then like they give him the gun, and then the thing is, is like the little boy shoots them, shoots Mike. And they're like, what? Like, we weren't expecting you to do it. And I'm like, dude, you put a gun in Why would you hand a gun to a little boy and expect him not to pull the trigger? Especially after you tell him to smoke the fool. To do it. Like, Hmm? what What did you expect? What did you expect? Everyone in this situation is a damn fool. Let me tell you that right now. Because Mike ends up getting smoked by the kid. One of the other gangsters is like, oh, shit, didn't expect that to happen. Now you got this kid bleeding out on the floor. So they pop a couple more rounds in him and Mike's done. That's it. And Milo is off in the corner just peeping at this action. The gangsters don't know that he's there, thankfully. So they leave like Mike's dead body is down in the basement. Everyone disperses. As Milo's leaving the basement, leaving the building, the girlfriend sees him and she's like, where's Mike? What's going on? Milo runs for it and we cut to him in the police station. He has been arrested. But I'm like, He's being has questioned. he been arrested or did he go there? Like, that's the thing I will say about that situation is that is not even explained. It's just like he's... He's running. He's automatically in the police station. And I'm like, okay. my understanding is that I don't think he turned himself in. I don't think he turned himself in. I think that she likely called the cops and got a good description of Milo and that they probably just saw him and scooped him up and took him there because 
based on what happens later on, I don't think that he turned himself in, especially because after they drop him off back home, they do it in a way that everyone else in the in the complex is going to see him. After they're done interrogating him, they take him home back to the apartment and you see they're driving up to the building and Milo's like, you just passed my, my road. And they deliberately drop him off in front of the rest of the gangsters so that they can assume that he was snitching, so that they can assume that he was an informant. Because the second time I watched it, I watched it with the subtitles on. And when he gets out of the car, you can hear the gangsters saying like, what the fuck? Oh, you snitching now? So that's the setup. The cops are deliberately yeah. making it seem like he was an informant of some kind. Got it. Okay. Thank you for clearing that up for me. Because I was like, I don't, I don't get it. I was like, I don't understand any of this. Like, <laughs> goodbye. And then when he gets home, Brother Lewis is like, heard about Brad? I'm just making that up. <laughs> Mike. <laughs> Mike. <laughs> Chad. Brad. <laughs> you know, whatever. Whatever his name is. Like, being like, yeah, it's all over. It's all over the news and da-da-da-da. And like, Milo doesn't really care. And then like homegirl in the laundry room being like are you avoiding me and he's like no oh sophie yeah they run into each other in the laundry room he's like no i'm not avoid he doesn't say i'm not avoiding you i was in jail last night (laughs) (laughs) and then like this is where i clocked that sophie has not been changing her clothes which is interesting to me that she's in the laundry room because what is she washing she had three bags of clothes okay but she's still wearing the same damn gray t-shirt and gray long sleeve and gray pants the whole film. Well, whatever. <laughs> whatever. She's a dirty youth. That's it. Like somehow she's doing the laundry, but she's still dirty. Don't get it. Don't understand it. Merit's it. Maybe it's a derelict fashion. Whatever. I, don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I like, will say, is... I don't want to give too much away with this, but I, I did clock this again the second time watching the film. Similar to in the movie 13, Sophie starts out in this movie in a really monochrome wardrobe. She's in gray. She's pretty much and in all gray. she starts to change. And it changes by the end of the film. She's in brighter colors, I think whites she's, and pinks. And, yeah. and her hair is clean and exactly. it looks blonder. Yeah, mm-hmm. no, I clocked that too. Don't, mm-hmm. don't worry, I clocked that too. I was like, okay, I see you. And then this is where we finally actually see, because then again, a super another super cut. Here's the actual flashback. Milo is the one who found his mom Mm -hmm. and she also slit her wrist. And I will Mm -hmm. point out too, that I don't know if she used drugs, but I will say that like that razor blade had some white residue on it. Oh, I didn't notice that. What I did notice is that she cut deep and she cut long. She was not gonna stay. She was not about it. I was like, oh, you poor, you poor soul. Like, I'm so sorry. Which is visually interesting when you compare it to when we first see Sophie cutting herself Mm -hmm. because she's cutting herself on her wrists. And it's very typical of people who cut as a coping mechanism rather than with the specific intention of unaliving themselves because she's cutting across. But when we see Milo's mom lying in the bed, she has, like I said, cut long and deep. It's really graphic. He eats it. No, don't ever forget. Oh my no, god! No, no, no. Oh my god! That's How could I first, forget? Oh my god! That's his first so, okay. blood consumption. Super, super, super intense moment. Where like, okay, we're in this flashback. We see Milo the first time that he's 
you know, when he sees his mom's body and it's this really suspenseful approach as he approaches her body and he like walks up to her on the bed and he looks down at her body and he takes his one finger and he touches her bloody arm and then he picks it up and he puts it in his mouth. And that, I don't even know how, what, I don't even know what to say about that. It's, and, it's, and then we get a quick cut of, what the fuck are you doing? And then he snaps out of it. Yeah, he's constantly going back to this memory, I guess. So he, his brother's like snaps him out of the room being like, what the fuck? And he's Milo standing in his room. And Lewis starts asking him questions about what went on and things like that. If he knew anything or like, the, like don't tell anybody and things like that. And that people think that like, you know, he could have ratted and stuff like that. And he's trying to give him some brotherly advice and he's kind of like, brushing it off but he's like no like for real like you need to listen to this and he's like okay lewis and then we cut to the room oh one of one of lewis's lines that really stuck with me was like i can't protect you from these guys like yeah. lewis knows that if the gang members find out that milo was talking to the cops that it's game over but milo's like i didn't tell them nothing and i believe it milo ain't stupid yeah like he's a bit of a fool but he ain't stupid he knows not to talk to the cops not happening Mm-hmm. He's no snitch. So after getting a quick scalding from his brother, or at least some advice that Milo can take with him, we get a quick cut to the roof and we see Milo and Sophie in like, you know, the study buddy spot. And they start going into conversations about God. And they do this whole thing about like God and stuff. Milo doesn't really believe in God. Sophie believes in God, but Milo believes in magic. I don't, wherever his priorities is, he can do whatever he wants. And then it's like, what if you had a million dollars? And like Milo's like, well, what happens if I did? Da, 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 da. And he's like, I got plans. And she's like, I would like move to Georgia and da, 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 and stay with my cousin and all this type of stuff. And then Milo cuts to Milo gonna go to the park to do some feedings. So it's gonna do that. He's just like in like a bush area and like you see this little kid come down and like this ball and everything and like Milo starts grabbing at like the pen because it turns out he doesn't this is where you start to realize that like no he's just a human boy like killing things because then it finds out it's a it's a pen like he has like a knife pen that he jabs people in the neck with mm-hmm. and feeds on them mm-hmm. and then like he's staring yeah, at the because if he was an actual vampire he'd just use those vampire teeth but he has to use this little knife to Joke You're them. not real. Right? Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, go by your own merit, Milo. But then I mm-hmm. feel like Milo kind of like distorts his own thing being like, because I remember he said something about like being a vampire might be like being like having a disease. Like it's not necessarily like what it is. Like, I feel like he also tries to like validate his own experience in it. But I'm like, ah, I don't know if those are the rules, but like we'll make them for this movie. It's fine. So Sophie shows up at Milo's apartment and she's in distress. Clearly, she's gone through something with her grandfather. Milo is visibly concerned for her, asks her if she's hurt. She says not enough to need to go to the doctor or the hospital or anything, but she doesn't want to go back to the apartment. So she asks if she can stay with Milo. And he he's like, bet. So the two of them start playing house and she spends a couple days there they get sexy like you there's like this scene yeah, with them they, playing under the covers um they're giggling and she asks if he wants to do it again 
Um, I'm like, what does that mean? That is so ambiguous. Oh, yeah. They getting sexy. They fuck. Like, you know, it could be like a little finger bang. Like, it could be a little finger. Like, I don't know, anything. man. I don't Sticky know. I think she took that little boy's virginity. I think that's what happened. I think she took yeah, his virginity. Yeah, I wouldn't say why not. Why not? Like, <laughs> give him something, I guess. <laughs> So I also like that in this little like section, we see them cleaning like Milo and Sophie. Sophie's like Sophie's singing for her supper. She's helping with the cleaning in the apartment, Uh but they're in the living room cleaning up and Lewis is still on the couch. And it dawned on me that, you know, the very first moment earlier in the film that we see that mysterious door, it's clear. And like the number of times that, Milo is either staring at the door or standing in the doorway or actually in the mother's what used to be the mother's bedroom. Mm-hmm. They have that room pretty much preserved. And well, there's also boxes you, you could, outside of it. Exactly. So like, you could imagine that? that Lewis should be sleeping in that room. One of the instead of sleeping on the couch. But it's clear that they haven't dealt with their mom's death in a real enough way for them to be able to actually just move on with their lives and just fully children. use the yeah, of course. Anyway, I just found that really interesting. Milo leaves to go do some domestic duties. Like we mentioned earlier yeah. in the film, he's back at this like check cashing place. He's he's cha- he's cashing a check, he's paying some bills, and Sophie is back at the apartment. So is Lewis. Lewis stays on that couch. Sophie's in the bedroom. And she comes out at one point to ask Lewis if he's got a envelope and uh, and a stamp. And he's like, uh, nah. <laughs> nah, I don't know. So, like, so he's I like, don't know. Uh, okay, uh, great. Okay, that's fine. So she goes into Milo's room and she's searching for whatever she needs to write a letter, I guess. And of course, she comes across Milo's how to be a vampire for dummies stuff. it's like it's very much uh like you gonna get as upset if you keep searching moment girl like yeah she sees the journals she sees the drawings she sees everything that indicates that this boy is obsessed with with everything that has to do with vampires and it freaks her out understandably yeah very much it's giving red flags it's giving get the fuck out so Milo comes back home and Lewis is like, she didn't say anything. She just left. And it's clear that like Milo goes into his room. He sees she didn't even put anything back. She didn't put anything she just back. Left you it know all. Honestly, I'm on the fence about whether or not she should have put it back. Cause there's, this could have gone one of two ways. One, she could have put it all back, pretended she never saw any of it. And then like ignored him and disappeared or left it all out like she did and let it be known that she knows that he's on some fuck shit. Because, you know, either way, he's in the wrong. Either way, he's yeah. doing some weird shit here. He's murdering people. Exactly. Okay? And keeping these really <laughs> weird journals. So it's not a surprise that she was like disturbed by what she found and just decided to bounce. He's looking for her. He's calling around looking, can't find her. And like he continues because, oh, let's not forget, we we forgot this. He's missed a feeding day and like that kind of fucked with him for some reason or he was very confused. Um, But so now it's time to feed. 
And he's like looking around New York, New York City things. And like he hears a couple fighting or like uh, might not necessarily be a couple, but it's a man and a woman. And like they're intoxicated. And like you start seeing him like hunt him. And I'm like, okay. And I'm like, again, reinforces the thing that like he's only been hunting white men, which again, I still think is pretty weird. But then he follows him all the way to this man's apartment. Everything goes inside. Like he's doing the thing. And then like, the man goes to his room, but then he sees like this little girl and like the little girl doesn't say anything, but like he just he just attacks her. He's just like done. And I'm like, ooh, this goes against what I've noticed the whole time. But then it is reinforced because like even the way that like the struggle was weird because I'm like, she's a little kid and you're like 14 and like he actually kind of struggled with her. Yeah, it was weird. I was like, what? And like, she looked at him weird and he looked at her weird. And then he yeah. like, killed her and sucked peep. the blood. She didn't make a sound. She didn't. No, she didn't, no, she was nothing. Like, yeah, it was very it was a very awkward struggle. But then it, it ends with him like slicing her throat and then sucking her blood. And then he goes into but, the bedroom. No, don't forget. Cause you have to say this. He vomits. And oh, he I thought it was after the dad. I thought it was after her. the dad. No, it's in the middle because I'm like, okay. yo, CSI, what's yeah. up? Like, okay, are you going to just I, be like, like puking like, this shit? Is, this is messy. This is bad, bad guy, like crime scene etiquette. How are you going to leave all your DNA? You got your spit all up on her neck. You got your puke. You're like all up in the living room on your way to go like body the next, the, the dad. My, Milo. Milo. You know? Come on. But he stops that, then goes for the dad. Easy kill. Got it. Done with. Then he's on the subway. And, like, he looks shook. Like, he even he's looks great. His hands are shaking. Like, he's crying. He's crying. Like, he's actually having an emotional response to what happened. Because he was not supposed to kill that child. Even though he dabbled with it with the boy. Yeah. But, like, I, there is this weird insinuation that I noticed that, like, when it comes to white women... There is no attacking. Even there might be an assumption of an attack, but like there is always a like a sad moment. Like even like when the girl stays in the car, like he doesn't try to like convince both of them to go mm. or anything like that. Like there is always either you don't do it or when you do it, there is a regret. Mm. But when it comes to men, it's all fair and He's fun and games to him. do so. You don't care. I found that very interesting. You could um, get it. You could get it. You could get it. But you can't get it. But not the ladies. They can't get it. Yeah, the ladies can't get it. And I'm like, okay, that's interesting. Um, <laughs> Women and children. And so, <laughs> yeah. And so he goes to the roof and like, we're like, is he trying, is he going to try the true blood factor? Is he going to, is like, he going to try to goddard it to himself? You see him like really contemplating his own death in that moment after killing that little girl. And you can see that like he's starting to unravel. Everything that he believes about himself is it ain't as it, it ain't feeling. solid ground. The next morning, after this like emotional introspection on the rooftop, Lewis asks Milo if he heard that the gang members had been arrested. Milo pretends like he ain't know nothing about that and asks Lewis, who used to be in the army, if he had ever seen a dead body before or if he had ever killed anyone before. Yes. And Lewis is like, you know, I've seen a lot of body parts, but I've never personally killed anyone myself. And Lewis goes into this like long monologue about comparing what, you know, comparing horrible things that one person has done to the other. And Lewis is like, whatever you've done, just know that there's always someone out there who's done worse than you. Mm-hmm. 
And it's like, it's it's kind of a beautiful moment. I It's one of the moments that I, it's one of my favorite moments in the film because I think that it's a great acting moment. Like I said, the actor playing Lewis uh, is uh, Aaron Martin is, uh, he's doing, he's doing, he's doing, he's doing the he's most. He's doing it. He's doing it. He's doing it. Doing he's the most in the it. best way possible. Milo is like, you know, thanks for doing this. Thanks for the pep talk, bro. And he goes out for a little walk, I guess. Don't forget, though, the thing about when they're talking about their mom. And I thought this was a weird thing. And it was like, yeah, Lewis. And he's like, Lewis, don't you notice she gave us names that would have our asses beat? Oh, I'm like, yeah. I'm like, OK, but like there's there's definitely some black Milo's and Lewis's out there. But like, whatever. I mean, that's a you problem. <laughs> Sounds like y'all was getting y'all y'all were getting your asses beat because y'all were just susceptible to getting your asses beat. Ain't that nothing yeah, to do with your names? Like, I'm sorry. I don't think it does. I'm sorry. <laughs> and they do a quick like y'all. They have a brotherly moment where they're like, "I miss mom." And it's like, "I miss mom too." And then like it cuts to Milo meeting Sophie and being like yo, like, I'm sorry. And then she's like, I'm sorry for leaving. But like, that was really crazy. Like, are you writing like a book or something? Like, is this like what your plan thing is? Like, she like, again, goes back to her character flaws, right? Like being like, oh, like, I think this is crazy. But like, uh, oh, this um, is wild. (laughs) This is crazy. And he's just like, no, like, it's okay. Like, it's fine. Like, go to your cousins in Georgia. Where was it? Georgia or wherever it was. Yeah. He's like, here's a bag full of money. Yeah, take it. Like, do your thing. And then she's like, what? Like, what's going on? And then later we do another cut where Milo has this big bag of stuff with, like, the leader of, like, the Ute gang. And, like, he's like, what the fuck is this? And he's like, kind of, like, call it a truce and, like, whatever. And it's like, yo, where'd you get that? He's like, I stole it. Like, I stole shit. I steal shit. And da da da. And he's like, oh, okay. That's what gets them arrested. That's what gets yeah. them arrested is that Milo had given them that bag of stuff. This is how we know that Milo's moving towards... His end, right? Because he's tying up his loose ends. Get your house in order. He gives whatever money he's been piling up to Sophie. He gives all the things that he had stolen from the people that he killed to the gang leader. And then he calls the cops. This is where he starts snitching. He calls the cops and it's another setup to wet up because the gang, the cops come in on the gang members. That's what gets them arrested. And that's what starts yeah, that the conversation. Murder of the dude and the child. Yes. He's like, yeah, we got them for that. And then we're going to pin it with like Mike being killed in the basement. And you're like, OK, cool. And then we start seeing happier moments with him because he starts like drawing images of the sun mm-hmm. and he starts getting on this like whole sun tip and things like that and you're like okay this is different then the counselor starts talking to him because then it you know kind of i feel like it's going like full circle like from the beginning to the end again mm-hmm. being like so how are you feeling and he's like you know a little different like i'm drawing more images of the sun now and like you know like i don't know what's gonna happen but like i think i'm good <laughs> And then he, like, gets rid of all of his shit, like, gets rid of all of his books and everything's like that. And then he tries to call Sophie and get a hold of Sophie, but he can't get a hold of Sophie. No, he doesn't try to get a No, he yeah. writes the letter. Does he try to get a hold of her? Yeah, he tries to call her. Oh, no, no, no. That's earlier no, when she, tries to when call she first him. leaves. Yeah, she tries to call him. They, they're playing phone tag. They're playing phone tag. They're not able to get a hold of each other. And because this is after she's left, right? Yeah, she's like taking the money that he gave her. Yeah, and then like you know, pull up, pull up, bunch of shooting, 
Milo's dead. Like it's very anticlimactic, and it really it's super me anticlimactic. Off, I was like, he goes I was like, out Fuck for this you. walk while he's trying, like after he tries to get a hold of Sophie, and you hear someone yell, "Yo, freak!" And then it's just gunshots, gunshots. He gets gunned down in the broad daylight, which is ironic because if you were a vampire, being out in the daylight should should kill him. But you know, here we go, double homicide. He gets gunned down, and that's that's his demise. And we hear, we see Sophie getting on the on the bus, finally leaving town. But she she tries to call him one more time. I guess she gets to her destination, and she opens up her bag and sees a letter from Milo, and he says, "I finally watched Twilight. Twilight. Sucked. <laughs> it sucked." <laughs> but but there's also like in between these shots, there's like. Him being processed in the morgue, like yeah, where his heart his is being taken out and weighed and all these things. And you start hearing his like over, like his voiceover of him talking about like it was all set up. Like he was just like, you know, I don't believe that vampires can kill themselves, but I do feel like vampires can find a way to make that happen. So it's like almost he as if he knows that he's going to kill people. This. The thing that frustrates me about this is that. Tell me. It's meant for us to understand that he has orchestrated all of this almost as though he knew he wanted to die. He knew that he was, you know, torn up about this whole living life as a vampire. But I I have a hard time believing that this little boy went through all this trouble and banked on the idea that he would get gunned down by whatever roadmans were gonna cap for the gangsters that got thrown in jail. Like that was that was it? That was that was your way out? And that was that's the only way you thought it was gonna happen. Like I guess like you think you know these people enough. Because I feel like a lot of these things are just like based on assumptions that like the people are gonna do exactly what they do. Mm-hmm. That like humans have an innate nature and so do vampires and we all do that like this is exactly what's gonna go down and this is gonna work and this is gonna work. I'm like, but you you don't know that you you couldn't possibly know that. Especially for someone who's so antisocial and socially awkward like i i don't, don't know that people. he's got exactly i don't believe that he's got his finger on the pulse of human behavior well enough to like really know exactly how to get himself killed indirectly anyway it's a nice idea i guess <laughs> but i think like this is where, because like, here we go, folks. This is, we've already given our opinions, but here's the uh, the opinionated, opinionated part of, of the podcast. <laughs> uh, will we have some facts? I don't know. Will we just give our opinions? Probably. But like, for me, this is where I feel like, oh, I won't say this is where the movie falls short, but I feel like there was a lot of things like this. Like when I first started watching this movie, I was like, okay, cool. Cause I thought it was cool looking. I remember seeing like the commercials for it and things like that. And I was like, okay, like black person vampire movie, let's go. Like we've done Blackula. Yeah. Like I love Young vampires. Black weed, let's get it. Let's do it, baby. Like, hello. And also it's called the transfiguration, but then it turns out he's not actually a vampire. He's a person. So I'm like, ooh, psychologicals. But I will say that like, Within the first like 10, 15 minutes of this movie, I actually had to like go, I don't, and like, I'm sorry, I don't know if my Negro senses started to tingle, I don't know. But like, I was like, 
I don't think this was written and directed by a black person. No. Like, just no. like full stop. And then I went and I went through my Google trail. And yeah, because I was like, I was like, Michael O'Shea. I'm like, well, you know, it could be a black Irish man. Also, like, you know, slavery. That's totally possible. And I look and I'm like, ah, okay. All right. Good to Your know. Your Negro senses were right. And then, like, I I watched interviews of this man and, like, he talks about being an introvert and stuff like that. And, like, this is also his first film. And that, like, they talked about, like, how it was hard to get, like, funding or whatever. And then it turns out that Milo is based off of one of his friend's kids. But the other thing that I started to notice is that, like, you're in the ghetto in New York. He's also from New York. It says he's from Brooklyn. But then I guess, like, in this other one, he said he's from, like, not... Like the only thing I can remember, it's not Rocco. Like I thought Rockaware the first time where you said like a specific type of thing. And like, it's very confusing. So I'm like, well, if Wikipedia says you're from Brooklyn, is this a part of Brooklyn or whatever? Like, do you live in the ghetto? Like, or did you live mm-hmm. in the ghetto when you were younger? Like there was no actual like, but I'm like, well, if that's the case, then why did you make the child black? I'm like, if this is supposed to be like almost like a base thing on you. And I'm like, why is that? And then like, again, I watched another interview and like he said that like the brother, cause somebody asked like why the brother's such a couch potato. And then we find out that he's a veteran, which eventually we find out later. But like, he also says that like the brother was basically a character device. And personally, I find that like the language, the everything in this, I'm like, I feel like this person used the black experience. Cause even at one point he's describing are you saying about American bullying? And I'm like, American bullying? What do you mean? I'm like, bullying is bullying. If you treat somebody like shit, you treat somebody like shit. Mm-hmm. So it was weird. But then like when he was like, oh yeah. And like these people that are disenfranchised and like, you know, have had a rough go. And like, he doesn't ever mention the fact of like black. He does not say black at all. It's like, he's almost afraid to say black or like somebody's afraid to say black. I don't really understand. But I'm like, you were really hitting a bunch of different things. Like you're in the ghetto, you have a gang that like, you also have these two random like white people that come into the ghetto looking for drugs and like using all this kind of like weird type of slang and terminology and gets gunned down in the thing then later like you have like this weird thing about again him being shot i'm like this is not the vibe i feel like he used black bodies because it was a better sale no different Mm. than like when we talked about Candyman before with like oh yeah it's in england in like an estate there but like what happens if we put it in america in the ghetto and then he's like then he's in love with the white woman again and then i also point out the fact that like every person except for that little girl but he still feels like remorseful for and like even that little boy we we still have that little like like piece of tension yeah he thinks about killing the little boy but doesn't kill him but does actually kill the little girl Right. But it's like he's always attacking white men. And I'm just saying that some of these images I do feel are detrimental because I'm like, like, and with the guns, it just seems like black youth and specifically because he's a black boy and Mm -hmm. like making him as a predator. And there's just certain Mm. things about this that if you do not look into it, I'm like, you're perpetuating these types of images and like i don't even know if you're even paying attention or you're just using them because you're using them because it looks cool because that's the one thing about this movie i like the way that it looks it's an indie it's a visual i'm an indie whore love it yeah but everything falls flat yeah 
Yeah. Even the girl stuff, like even with Sophie, I'm like, okay, so like they're both orphans. They're both struggling. This is the thing. Now they're in love. Why is Sophie in love with them? Well, again, they're 14. Like, what does love actually mean? But it's just like, I just feel like, and then even like the imagery with white women, I'm just like, well, even with killing the little girl, he still feels bad. And then like, he doesn't really murder Sophie. And then he doesn't like murder that white girl who's in the car with Mike. So I'm like, the images are weird. And I don't like them. And that's yeah. what really like gave a big fuck you for me for this movie personally. Interesting. Vampires are cool though. Love vampire movies. I think that this movie was visually really great to look at. I think that mm-hmm. props to the cinematographer because I think that it was like well composed in that sense. But yeah, I hear you on the, the positioning a young black man He's a boy. Positioning him in a way that's going to have him aggressing black men specifically. I wonder, I would love to be inside the brain of Michael O'Shea and to understand specifically why he only ever attacked white men and any opportunity he had to attack a white woman was, you know, as the feminist in me is like, great, I don't have to see, I don't have to watch women getting brutalized on screen. Great. I'm into that. But yeah, lots of questions. Lots of questions. As far as interesting facts go, I have to say there wasn't a ton that I was able to find online about this film. So I'll just say that one of the things that I found most striking about the film was all of the references. There were so many references Mm -hmm. to other vampire movies and, you know, just from the ones that were on Milo's shelf in his room. We listed them earlier. You know, Dracula Untold, Lost Boys, Fright Fright Night, all of that. But I really, really can't get over the fact of how geeked out I was when they referenced both Let the Right One In and True Blood. Because True Blood is, you know, it's a bit on the soapy side, but it still is one of my favorite vampire stories of all time. And I really do think that Let the Right One In is my favorite vampire movie. I looked it up. It is Swedish. It's very similar to this movie. It's very similar to Transfiguration in the sense that it's at its core. It's about two really lonely kids who have a hard time moving through life and they find each other and the relationship that spurred between the two of them is so beautiful. If you remove the vampire aspect of it and you're just looking, it's just like an indie film about two kids, which I think Michael O'Shea said in an interview at some point. But yeah, the parallel between this movie and Let the Right One In, it, it really feels like what he did succeed in is paying homage to vampire movies. Um, yeah. And yeah, I'll give him credit for that. To go off of that, he did say that, like, he was like, I don't like John Hughes movies. And I'm like, oh, my God, I'm already OK. I'm already annoyed, but let's be more annoyed. But that's fine because, you know, there's some really, really fucked up things in John Hughes movies and there's like no black people. So, like, you know, it happens. But he did say, like, the whole thing of it being like a coming like he really wanted like a anti coming of age movie, but it's a coming of age movie kind of thing. So I will say that, like, since you said that that does come out, the other thing that I would say, like in references, because he mentions this like Henry movie and like all the other types of vampire movies. But I was very surprised that he didn't mention a vampire's kiss with Nicolas Cage, because like Uh it is literally a man who thinks he was bitten by a vampire and like 
honestly could have because the ending really leads it up to like i don't know like did he was he just fucked up and he's like this rich like marketing white guy that's just terrorizing everybody but like he does go from like not feeling it to feeling like he's sick to also like starting to hunt people and it's super he also is super awkward and there's when did really this come like out? long I think it came in like 1988. I randomly watched it sometime during the pandemic, wow. like last year or the year before. Cause I was like, cool. Cause you, you know, that like Nicolas Cage, like gif of like Nicolas Cage, like pointing, like he's like, yeah. and he has a cigarette in his mouth. That's from that movie. And then I figured it out that it's from that movie. And I'm like, um, the funny thing is that I actually can't picture that meme, but I'm picturing Leonardo DiCaprio, the one, the meme of Leonardo DiCaprio pointing from Wall Street. What's the Wolf of Wall Street? (laughs) My brain, the millennial brain only functions when it's fueled by memes. (laughs) Yeah, memes and gifts, memes and gifts, gifts and memes. Like we love them. We use them like it's just using pictures. The Egyptians use pictures. So could we. But I was very surprised that that didn't get mentioned. But like, it's OK. It doesn't have to. Maybe he's never watched it. But there's a lot of vampire lore out there yeah. to, to, to choose from. And I would he say that he packed a lot into this movie. Yeah, 110 percent. So like, that's how I felt about it. I'm, I'm glad to have watched it once to understand that this is what it is. Disappointment. Yeah. But I liked what I was, I liked the images and I liked the thought of like, you know me, I love a good black psycho. And like in the end, like he is a serial killer. Like, yeah, he masks it with being a vampire because that's what he's figuring out. But in the end, he's a serial killer and he's 14. And he I mean, knows that, just that he can't stop. I mean, that just adds to the stop. psychopathy is that, like, he's not actually a vampire. And in the you in the world of this movie, vampires aren't actually real. Right. But so, murderers are. Exactly. And that's what this little boy is. He's a murderer. And that's what I like. Well, with that, I guess it's time to thank our guests for joining Love us you. for another episode of the Ghouls and Galdem podcast. Thanks Please make coming. sure to follow us on Instagram and Twitter at... Ghouls and Gyaldem, that's G-H-O-U-L-Z-N-G-Y-A-L-D-E-M, baby. Yo, and let us know what black horror film you'd like us to review next. Come get it. Yes, please. Slide into those DMs. Send us your recommendations. Show us some love and make sure you tell all your friends about us. Tell them, because Ghouls and Gyaldem is a bone lace production in association with Two Skins Entertainment. Production support was provided by James Carlisle and Andy Dolgan on behalf of Toronto-based Big Bad Audio. Check them out at bigbad.ca. And our bop of a theme song was recorded by Trombotai. Love you. Love you.